Hey folks, have you ever thought that to get started in real estate investing, you have to do little deals and then gradually over time, move up into those big deals? Well, our special guest today, Mac Benson, zooming in from beautiful Minnesota, thought the same way, but then discovered that you can just skip to the headline and start with big deals first. So Mac, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. All right. So tell us a little bit about number one, when did you first get sparked and clued in about real estate investing as an asset class and, and that that was something that you wanted to do? The very first time I heard about it was after I read the little purple book, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So when, when did you read that? When, when about was that? 2001, might've been 2002. Yeah. Okay. A long time ago. And then what is then, so you took, it was kind of niggle naggling at the back of your mind. When did you first kind of take your first crack at things? Well, I decided to focus on something different for the next, what, 15, 16, 17 years. And it wasn't until about 2017 where I was listening to just some random podcast about self-improvement where a surgeon was being interviewed who was doing real estate on the side and actually making more doing real estate than being a high-level surgeon. surgeon. (laughs) I was like, wait, if he's doing it, I can probably do it also from my IT desk. Okay, very cool. So then what did that lead you into? What was your kind of first kick of the can with real estate investing? Oh, like everybody else, I went straight for apartments. Um, actually that was the goal, but in reality, I found bigger pockets and chased every shiny object of the week that I heard on each (laughs) episode. It's a wonderfully dangerous place to kind of get lost in, isn't it? It's such a, it's such a great, uh, learning platform, but you're right. It's a smorgasbord of shiny objects and everybody's seems better than the last one. It's, it's very hard to get focus. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm a DIY kind of guy. So I thought that I had to do it myself. And obviously I didn't have the capital to be able to go out and buy my first apartment. Mm -hmm. So, well, how do I get capital? Great idea. Well, let's flip houses. I see it on TV. It seems easy. Yeah. So make make that nest egg yourself is what you're thinking of. Yep. Well, the flipping market was tough wasn't finding the deals. So I was like, oh, you know what? I heard those guys talking about this burr thing. I can do that with a duplex. Well, turns out that duplexes I could afford, I didn't want to be in that neighborhood. (laughs) And then I went back to the flipping idea and ended up with the wholesaling idea. Ah, that's right. Because you don't have to come up with much cash to do wholesale deals. (laughs) That's the theory. Yeah, theoretically. Many, many nights of stuffing envelopes and printing things off my printer and <laughs> not much to show for it later. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it's a it's a tough gig. Everybody makes it look so easy, but to do it effectively, you definitely have to have a system and a machine kind of set up for that. So so then when did the the romance come back in into your life with uh, with multifamily properties? Well, and it's kind of funny because multifamily was always, it was always the goal. And it's the thing that I, the very first conversation with my wife, I said, let's buy apartments. And she was all on board. And then all of a sudden I'm chasing this, this shiny object and that shiny object. And she eventually said, what are we doing? What are you doing? 
<laughs> and I didn't really have a good answer, but I was, I kept going, I had kept going to some of the local meetups right. and at one, I met a guy probably three quarters my age and he had just quit his high paying actuarial job and gone into full, gone into real estate full time. And I was like, wait, because he bought apartments. Uh-huh. And I took a step back and I'm like, that's what How's I've been trying this? to do. How did, how did you go from that to this? And he basically had surrounded himself with the people that were doing what he wanted to do. Hmm. And I started looking into different programs and ended up joining one that he was in to build my network and meet the people and get the education that I needed. Nice. All right. So you, it, you come from an IT background, you, you're a do-it-yourself kind of guy. You probably jumped in there and, and really sunk your teeth into the whole education side of things. How long before you started actually looking at deals and, and how did you bring down your first apartment building? So it was that was August of 2019. And I spent the first probably three, four months just going headlong into all the education content and I mean, figuring out what an NOI is and a cap rate and all the rest of the word salad that you need to know in the business. Yeah. And um, it took me until February to start walking properties. I mean, it, okay. it, it was winter and there's really nothing going on with real estate during the winter. I kept calling the brokers and they're like, well, we don't have anything out there right now, but now you're, you're talking months. about in Minnesota, correct? That's the, yep. that's the market you're focusing on. Got it. Yeah. I figured I, I'm here. Um, I learned quickly that traveling to other markets when I had a newborn at home and a five-year-old mm-hmm. wasn't in the cards, at least not if I wanted to stay happily married. So yeah, that's right. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> focusing at home seemed to be the prudent solution. Okay, good. So then how did that lead into your first deal? Walk us through that. Well, that, so that was February of 2020. And I think we all remember what happened March, 2020. Yep. Uh, so things got a little wonky for the next few months. Um, turns out that first deal that I had walked in February, I did an offer on it. It was 112 units. Um, didn't have any idea where I'd come up with the capital and actually really didn't sleep that night when I submitted my offer, I'm like, well, crap, what if they actually accept it? Um, so much to my horror, a couple of days later, I got a call back from the broker saying I made best and final. Like, well, crap, what is this? So quick call my business coach and walk through things, revise my offer, send it in. But then everything got tabled because of COVID. Yeah. And when they came, when the deals came back online, the debt markets were really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so my revised offer did not get accepted and just went back to the drawing board and kept walking every property I could up until um, the through the end of the year. Okay. So you're, you're looking at lots of different properties. At this point, were you flying solo? Did you have a business partner? Did you have, did you have capital partners lined up or were you just going to kind of figure it out on the fly? So I was pretty much bootstrapping it. I did have some guys that were, uh, with, they had said, if you get a deal, let me know. I'll help you with the capital. Like, all right. So I've got something in my back pocket, but I was still doing all the underwriting, all the walking properties, 
developing the business plan, doing all of it by myself. Okay. Until it was February the following year. So that was 2020, February, 2021. I got my first accepted offer and ended up having mitigating circumstances in the contract negotiation. I ended up walking away. And yeah, so let's, point, let's fast forward to the one that you got. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I needed to look, I realized I needed to look with somebody else. So I had met a guy in the, in my network and he actually lived local to me and we started looking at properties together. Now, so, has, does he already have some experience or was he kind of learning as, as well? Uh, we were both learning. He had some smaller stuff, a couple duplexes, single families, doing some Airbnb also. Okay. And the very first offer we put in, put in, we almost got it. I mean, we were just a hair's breath away. Okay. And it was the second offer that was accepted. So, I mean, I had submitted eight, 10, 12 offers by myself mm-hmm. and not a, not a sniff, but as soon as I started looking with somebody else and um, going through the underwriting with another individual, that's when the magic started. Why? Why do you think that that made such a big difference? I, the biggest thing was the confidence of using somebody as a soundboard. Okay. Instead of everything being in my head, we could talk to each other and say, okay, if we can extend this way, maybe this will happen. Or if we dial back over here and just be able to tweak it and have confidence that, okay, that is probably the right decision. Now, did you find that people would take you more seriously with a business partner as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just wondering if that played a part as well, like the potential sellers and brokers and and whatnot would say, okay, these these guys look more serious. Yeah. I mean, you show up as a small group, and you definitely look a bit more professional than some guy off the street. Got it. All right. Good. So. Maybe quickly walk us through this first deal. How did you find it? How did you, you know, how long did it take to kind of get it under wraps? How did you finance it? How'd you come up with the capital? All that kind of good stuff. All right. Nutshell version of that one. Yeah. <laughs> so we, it was a direct to seller. My business partner had actually been doing a texting campaign. Nice. Uh, looking at smaller stuff for his personal portfolio. And this guy that he had reached was actually the builder on a 40 unit middle of construction. I mean, literally when we, he called me up and said, Hey, can you be in Minneapolis in two hours? I, I guess I'll figure out a way. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, there was two by fours on the first floor and a couple sheets of hung sheetrock on the third. Yeah. So was Otherwise, it, in, it was a work in progress. <laughs> but it very nice. much so. So we talked so, to him. So, so sorry, why was the builder reaching out to you? Did did the owner, did the person that he's building it for flake out on him? Or was he the builder and the the owner? Was he a developer himself? Yep. He this was his first development project. Otherwise, he was, I mean, he was in construction for his whole okay. life and he did he owned rental properties. So oh. this was going to be his first big apartment that he built for himself. And why was he deciding to bail on it? Yep. So he had an opportunity that was a 40 unit and he had an opportunity to break ground on a 52 unit, but he needed capital Ah. to do so. And he wanted to cash out his investors so he could do everything himself. Okay. 
All right. So, yeah. so the, the two of you pretty big deal. I'm, I'm going to imagine that there was a fair amount, amount of capital required for that. How did you guys make it fly financially? Yeah, we had planned on syndicating it. Um, and we didn't really, we hadn't really prepped our network for a new construction deal. So it was basically deer and headlights look like, well, you've been talking all this time about this value add multifamily where you're going to take a class C property, fix it up, raise rents and everything's honky dory. Well, all of a sudden, you know, new, new builds kind of a version of that on steroids, isn't it? <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, so the syndication, we weren't getting much traction on a capital raise and we never let the seller in on that, but he really wanted to do seller financing. And we, we pushed him off for probably three, four weeks saying, no, we got this. We, we've got everything covered. We had our key principles lined up. We had so, well, sorry, sorry for asking, but if he needed to cash out so he could do this bigger, better deal and get rid of his investors, why was he wanting to do seller financing? There was a down payment that he was asking. I was like, you know what? I could do it for 800K. And then he would get the interest only payments at the beginning and then obviously principal and interest after that. Okay. All right. Got it. Yeah. And we kept pushing them off. And then one day we're like, okay, what exactly what exactly do you mean by contract for deed? And he laid out the seller financing terms that he was looking for. And we took it back to our underwriting model and said, well, holy cow, this actually, not only does it pencil out, it markers out like Sharpie. And yep. it's a heck of a lot better for us. I mean, we're not having to syndicate it and give away 70% of the deal. But capital. you're still going to have to come up with 800 grand, right? That was the next problem. Yeah, so we're right. like, okay, for a syndication, we need to come up with about 2 million. For this, we need to come up with 800K. Do mm -hmm. we know anybody? And we absolutely did. Ended up, uh, one of the guys that was going to keep principal for us had a 1031 that he was desperately looking to place. Oh, nice. So it's like the stars aligned, the sky opened up, and we're off to the races six months uh -huh. later after construction delays and trying to figure nice. out how to bring in a contract for deed or bring in a 1031 on contract for deed. So how did the whole thing turn out? Did you got her all built out? Where, where are you in the process right now? Yeah, we closed at the tail end by tail end. I mean, I think there were three days left in 2021 mm -hmm. and it's been a work in progress. I mean, it's, as a, what is it? August, 2023. Yeah. And we just hit our, the target occupancy. Okay. So yeah. it's taken us a while. Um, what have been some of the major that. hiccups along the way, the learning experiences that you've had as, as kind of brand new owners and landlords of a 40 plus unit building. Let's see for my, this is my first deal. So there's been quite a learning experience. I've said it's basically a PhD in operations. Yeah, we have had we're on our third property manager. The first one turned the first one quit in our second month of operation, and the second one quit in our seventh month. So, were these on site property managers or were you hiring a property management company? Property management company, and they they quit it like were they fly by night outfits? Why, why would they quit <laughs> on a 
on a decent sized property like that? No, both of them highly recommended. Um, apparently, when you ask too many questions, they don't like it, I guess. Oh, you guys were paying the butt. <laughs> it's yeah. from their perspective. Yep. As, as, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they just so, wanted a quiet owner that, that didn't rock the boat. Yeah, there was one time we found on our delinquency report, I think somebody four months behind and asked if any contact had been made and there hadn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> Those are the right. kind of questions you should be able to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in what was it? In our fifth month of operation, we had a fire and sprinklers knocked out. It was on the third floor. Sprinklers knocked out that unit and three units below it. A mm. couple months later, we had somebody, I don't know, in a fit of rage or what, uh, knock off a sprinkler head in her unit on the second floor and flood out her unit and two below her. So, jeez, oh, Wow. Yeah. Trial by yep. fire, man. And that's a brand new building. Too. <laughs> it was brand new building and it looked like a construction zone for the entire first summer we were open. Yeah. 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 But all right. So, so now you got a pretty it. much, you got a, a pretty good occupancy rate in there. What are the, the next steps for you, Mac? Where, where are you guys going from here? From here, still focusing on the 40 unit, um, getting everything up to snuff. I mean, we had some, ins also have insurance concerns because of the two claims. So working through all that um, and just, I'm looking for next deals within my network. Nice. So looking for the next deals and, and how are you guys, it sounds like you had a, a home run with the, the whole financing, everything, everything lined up beautifully there. For future deals, are you planning on syndications or, or what are you planning to do for those? You know, it's all deal dependent. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. How how often in real estate does is the correct answer? It depends. <laughs> yeah. But typically speaking, for larger multifamilies, it's usually for a big raise, usually be gonna be some sort of a syndication type situation, is has been yeah. my my experience. Yeah. If it's gonna be larger land on the syndication. Um, I mean, I love the JVs. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that that's going to be your generational wealth deals mm -hmm. where you can pass on something to your kids. Yeah. You keep the a much bigger chunk of the whole deal versus you, doing a syndication. Yep. The syndication, it's a, it's having a job. It's mm -hmm. churn and burn. I mean, if you don't have the deal flow, you don't have a job. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. So what do you, based on your, your experience, up to what dollar amount does it make sense to do joint ventures versus syndications? What What's kind of your gut feeling around that, Mac? Gut feeling, if, so deal, the size of the deal, little less concern, but the size of the raise. Um, yeah, let's, let's say the size of the raise. Yeah, size of the raise, probably... Uh, I'm leaning towards one, maybe one and a half to yeah. push it into that syndication. And then total number of partners that make sense having on board as a joint venture situation versus a syndication. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we've got, we've got five on this one and that might be pushing what we can efficiently delegate jobs, duties, and tasks for. Right. 
right? So that'd be kind of the upper limit. If you got more than five people involved in the deal, it's probably no longer a joint venture. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. Okay. No, no, that sounds good. That makes sense. So, so this first, what, what about the guy you bought this property from? Is he, has he built any more that he might be willing to sell you guys at a, with, with owner financing? <laughs> I don't think he's looking to do owner financing on it, but I did see that 52 unit being sort of marketed. Okay. But you know, you're not sure if you want to go back that route again. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in that area. Not in that area. All right. I hear you. Fantastic Mac. Well, Hey, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I get a couple. Instagram apparently is the thing that cool kids are doing these days. And I'm Mac Benson official or my website at infinitefocuscapital.com. Perfect. Well, hey, congratulations on making your first deal a big deal and making a good go of it in spite of all the challenges and and learning curves and things thrown at you guys. I think you, if you keep this up, you're, you're definitely going to see great success. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Take care. Talk to you on the next episode.